Point out the colors of you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We wait to fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Feral Audio. Dun 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 Hey everybody, I'm back. Yep, I'm back. Uh, it's Steve Agee. <laughs> uh, the more I do this, the, the more I realize I'm shitty at doing intros. Um, today is Thursday, January 21st. I'm recording an intro for uh, today's podcast with Dean Del Rey, a very funny comedian, um, former rock and roller, uh, musician, uh, hasn't been doing stand up that long and is really fucking funny. And it's so fucking great. Every time I see him, he's like gotten hugely better. And he was amazingly funny the first time I saw him. Um, if you get a chance to check out Dean Del Rey, uh, doing stand up, you really should do it. Uh, in fact, Dean is turning 50 years old. And he's having uh, his 50th birthday celebration at the El Rey Theater, February 2nd, uh, Del Rey at the El Rey. You really should get tickets. Uh, I'm going to be in town and I'm going to go to this. I can't wait. Uh, it's a night of stand-up comedy and music. Um, some of the comedians, uh, Bill Burr, um, Dean, of course, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, I think Chris D'Elia, and there's there's more. And that's just the comedy portion. And then Dean's going to do a bunch of ACDC songs, which, by the way, uh, you'll find at the end of this podcast, we'll, we play, you know, about a minute of Dean singing uh, uh, ACDC. He sent me a recording and he sounds exactly like Bon Scott. And I'm I'm not even exaggerating. It's crazy. And we talk about that because he he played on my and Brendan Small's uh, music and comedy show Baked, and he blew us all away. He's done it a few times. He's an am amazing singer and a great comedian. So uh, you really should check out uh, his uh, birthday celebration, Del Rey, at the El Rey, uh, the second. Um, wherever you buy tickets to uh, concerts, I guess Ticketmaster, I don't know, the El Rey website. If you go to Dean's Twitter account, uh, which I believe is just Dean Del Rey. Um, he, he, he's very good at promoting. So you can, you can find links there. I'm sure. Um, it's going to be awesome. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, come check that out. Um, what else? Uh, I want to just jump right into the podcast. Uh, I have a show coming up. I mentioned uh, Brendan Small and I have a show called Baked. That is also a night of stand-up and music that we do about once a month. We just did it up in San Francisco and it was amazing. We had uh, Ben Kronberg, Matt Bronger, and Lorraine Newman perform with us. And we have a great backing band uh, composed of guys who've played with Zappa and Dweezil Zappa. Like, really great musicians. You should come check it out. We're doing our show on the 30th 
of January, just a few days before Dean's show, uh, as a part of this thing called A Night on Broadway, where they shut down a section of Broadway uh, in downtown Los Angeles, which a lot of people, and myself included, included didn't know that there were uh, a bunch of uh, just old historical theaters, movie theaters, um, you know, acting theaters, <laughs> acting theaters. Does that sound right? No, but a bunch of just classic old theaters and um, like from the twenties and stuff. And so we're doing our show at uh, the Broadway theater uh, January 30th. It's going to be Brendan and I, we're doing it. Our shows are usually about two hours long and we have a bunch of comedian friends, um, we're doing a shortened version. I think we only have 45 minutes. So I think it's just going to be Brendan and I and the band. Brendan and I will be doing stand up and we'll be doing songs with the band. It's going to be awesome. Uh, that's 8 p.m. on the 30th at the Tower Theater. Uh, you can go to their website, which I believe is nightonbroadway.la. And it's N I G H T, no K. Nightonbroadway.la. Um, the whole night's going to be great. Uh, Reggie Watts is performing. I think he's also at the same theater as us. He might be right after us. Uh, Rachel Bloom, I think is, uh, performing. Um, so it's going to be really cool. You should come down and check it out. Uh, and I think that's about it. Um, that's it for shows for me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, at Steve Ag. And like I said, you can find my guest, Dean Del Rey, at Dean Del Rey, D-E-L-R-A-Y. Um, that's his Instagram and Twitter. And um, enjoy the podcast, guys. I already recorded your intro while you were taking a piss, Dean. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. You believe it? I, I do Dude, you are always charging your phone. Yeah, that's because I got an old phone. Battery dies quick. Yeah, so I'm going to get a new phone finally, like this week. The, I kept waiting to see what was going to come out with Apple. It's, yeah. it's a new one every six months, man. Yeah, I'll just get the six plus S, S you know, plus S or whatever. <laughs> whatever the fuck. The plus S. Plus S. The six S plus giant phone. I, I did some fucking show and they gave me a free um, Android. Uh, and it was like the battery was incredible and the rest of the phone ate ass you know what i mean <laughs> and i kept thinking like come on man apple you're just fucking garbage yeah i mean they got like seven day batteries out there you know i broke my iphone my my previous iphone and it wasn't under warranty anymore uh, and yet i still hadn't like the not enough time had lapsed where I could get a oh. new iPhone for cheap. Oh, so you had to pay full? They're like, well, you got to pay, you know, like $800. And I was like, no, I, I've i had nothing but iPhones, you fuckers. I've been a loyal customer. Yeah. They're like, no, sorry, you're just like five months away. I'm like, I can't wait five months, and I'm not going to pay $1,000. So I got a, uh, a Samsung Galaxy, which was, I mean, I guess it's good, but it, all my my computer is Apple, yeah. so everything was a pain in the ass. It's not good. It's not good. It's just like it's it looks similar, and then you have it for a while, and then you go, nah, this is, you know, it's just 
it's just another. It feels like it's like a, an old world, even yeah. though it's like some people are like, oh, you could design your own, and oh, it's, it's you could do so much more. It's like I don't want to do more. It, I want to text, answer email, and listen to music. Yeah, what it all boils down to. That's is it. What, and Twitter and Instagram is what you're used to. Yeah. Some people just have always had like Androids and yeah, f- fucking good for you. I yeah, I'm whatever. I'm gonna give you shit. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. It's not a. There's no teams. Like you know, like you know, like like some people are going, oh man, you're on T-Mobile. It's like, dude, they all suck. They all just suck. Just go to a part of town where yours doesn't work, and you're gonna hate it. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I noticed last night we were both at the comedy store and I noticed you were <laughs> you had that phone plugged into the wall. Yeah, it's just uh what happened was in the motorcycle crash, I slid down the highway with it in my back pocket and I think something uh damaged on it. All of a sudden the batteries just last like seriously like an hour. After the motorcycle accident, that's when it started? Yeah, the Mophie case saved it, but I think like an impact, you know, of it like boom on the- Can we tell that story? That's Yeah, yeah. That's the craziest fucking story. Yeah, it is a crazy We're story. recording, by the way. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. is Dean Del Rey. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you got into a fucking motorcycle accident, a really bad one, too. I did, yeah, like September 7th. It was Labor Day. I was going to Mark Marin's house for- lunch and uh i remember a couple of key things that happened to me one of them was when i rode down the bottom of my hill where i lived my old house i just moved you know over there where, yeah. where you live i remember thinking wow it's it's labor day if if i if i crash today i would always remember it <laughs> like no really i swear to god that came to my head because i had gotten a dui about 20 years ago on um cinco de mayo <laughs> So every Cinco de Mayo, it's just this shit memory of like, oh, DUI. It wasn't even my fault either, you know? <laughs> my buddy decided to fight the whole bar. I had only had a couple drinks. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and he jumped in my car, and the cops came, and, and I blew like right at the limit, you know? And it's like, it's always one of those ones where you're like, man, <laughs> you know, yeah. your time had come. Uh. But uh, so I was at the bottom of the hill and I was thinking, man, this thing if I got hit today, man, it was just like, I would always know it's Labor Day. I don't know why that hit me. And I didn't remember that till about a month ago. I was, I remember sitting at the light. Then I got on the highway and the second weird thing that happened to me was I was riding down the highway and I go, what a great day to ride. No one was on the road. It was Labor Day. Yeah, everyone's thinking, out of town. Yeah, and it was just an empty highway. I was on the 110. I went by Dodger Stadium. And I was, um, I was just like, this is amazing. It was like 90 out. Yeah. It was so hot that day. And all of a sudden I heard, like uh, when someone floors a car. Like in a cop chase. Cop, you always hear a them on the chase. TV. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, uh, That's a good impression. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> dead on. As soon as I heard that, I went, what the fuck? And I looked in my mirror, my left mirror. I said, what the fuck? And as soon as they said that, a massive vehicle plowed me. From behind? Yeah, from the side, like to the left side, like my left side hit the back wheel. And it plowed me, and I flew off the bike. And it How was, fast were you going, do you think? I was doing about 55. She was doing about 70. It was a woman. Jesus. And um, I remember... I flew off the bike and I was sliding down the freeway 
and the bike was to the left of me. And it was like full throttle, like it landed on the throttle part. And it was like, mm, and it was sliding right next to me. And I remember this perfectly. I was like, wow, man, this is it. I, and, then I, and then I thought to myself, no regrets. I've lived exactly the life I've, I wanted to live. There's no like, if I only would have, no regrets. And I yeah. just slid and then it all stopped. And it was just like, I heard crashes behind me. And I was laying there. You didn't go unconscious at any point. No, I didn't hit my head. I was tumbling on my shoulders and side. I tore my whole right side open and dislocated my left shoulder, broke ribs, cracked ribs, and uh, smashed my ankle. And I was laying there on the freeway, and I was like, I got to get the fuck up, man. You know, because I'm thinking cars are going to be coming. It was in the tunnel on the 110, the first tunnel. Oh, yeah, before you get to the 5. Right, yeah. exactly, right there. And all of a sudden I heard... Hey, man, are you all right? And I looked up, and it was like my best friend, Kevin Christie. And I was like, my first From thought From the Stern was, Show. Yeah. No, no, Kevin Christie, he's a comedian. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on um, Masters of Sex. He's yeah, a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I work with him, like, we hang every day, and, and I work every weekend with him at the comedy store. And my first thought was like, oh, cool. You see your friends when you're dead. <laughs> It's exactly what I thought, because I was like, why would he be there on the freeway? He's be ushering you into the next, uh, next totally. life. I swear to God, I thought that. And then I was kind of in shock for a minute. And I go, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, I was just coming from a podcast, and <laughs> Christina Pavinsky's podcast. Yeah. He just happened to be like a minute behind me. So he threw me in uh, his car, and I went to the hospital. No ambulance. Well, the ambulance came. But the lady, when she hit me, her front tire fell off, and she spun backwards and took all kinds of cars out. No shit. Since I was the first one hit, I'm the first one to go in the first ambulance. But there was a woman and her family, and they were all tore up. Really? Yeah. Uh, she hit them after me. And um, I said, look, take them. I got a ride here, and the, and the lady was, I was bleeding and everything, but the lady was holding her neck and everything, so she got plowed Yeah. Uh, also. So I got in the car, and I went to uh, Kaiser, which was the biggest mistake ever. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a just a rotten place. Yeah. You know? Uh, it turned out a lady carjacked an Escalade, and here's a good, uh, good uh, thing for the listeners. Cops came later and told me what happened. I didn't know what happened. About a week later, they said that carjackings don't happen by gun anymore. They wait for people to pull up to Seven Elevens and gas stations and run in and buy like cigarettes or uh, and leave their keys. In they there? leave their car running. Who so the this fuck day, does that? I know who the fuck does that? A brand new Escalade, and it was about ninety out. So what I found out was this guy picked his son up at football practice. They pulled into a gas station. And it was so hot out, they wanted to leave their ride going with the AC, and they went in and got drinks, and they came out, their car was gone. When they claimed it stolen, they go, yeah, it's up the street, it's already smashed. Jesus. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. So I can't she, even believe I'm alive. And didn't, didn't you say there was, there was somebody following her that she got yeah, into their car I guess, and took I, off? I guess it was like a team, you know, and she got out and got in his car and took off. Did they and, ever catch uh, him? No. Ugh. No. 
which is, uh, it's almost doesn't really even matter, you know, because I just have an idea of like, oh, we caught her. She did like three days in jail and it was full. We had to kick her out. Yeah. You know? Fuck, man. Yeah, I re- were, you we- were you wearing leather or anything? I was wearing um, my Doc Martin boots. It shaved the tops off. They're green. They're brown now. It's They look Jesus. amazing. Uh, and then super thick, thick, um, these Japanese denim, 21 ounce. They're made for motorcycle guys. Wow. And then uh, a full face helmet. But here's the miracle. I wasn't wearing a jacket. I always do, but it was 90 out yeah. at one in the afternoon. I was just wearing a t-shirt. And oh, I dude. can't even believe, you know, you dude. saw, look, my side looks good now. It looks great. Yeah, it you t- can, if you go on Dean's Instagram I, and scroll back to Labor Day, I think there's a photo right around there, is, there of yeah. you holding your shirt up and your whole side is like fucking hamburger. Yeah, dude. I never felt anything like that in my life. It was, um, you know, they call it road, road, road rash, road rash. Yeah. It's a lot like uh, a rug burn. Say somebody just peels off <sighs> only your whole, your whole side. And the amazing thing about it was while I was laying in bed, it was so hot. That at points I thought it could set the blankets on fire in my house. That's how hot it was underneath the blankets. I was like, wow, this shit. It's your body heat coming out of the open skin. Yeah, and then other pains started happening, you know. like Showering? I I tried to go do, I did a couple spots the next day on biking in. I remember. It was horrible. (laughs) I was so like, I got to keep working, you know. It was like a shock thing, I think. Jesus Christ. But yeah, things like wiping your ass, man. I couldn't, I wipe right handed. I couldn't move my oh. arm. So you had to wipe left, which is a whole new thing. I got a bit out of it. Wipe left hand. It's a, it was a mess for a long time. I like to wipe with my left hand. So I feel like a stranger's wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a friend in high school who he was two friends, actually, the same, might have been the same week or the same month. But one of them was skateboarding in a parking lot. And you know how they'll have, like, posts uh, next to the driveway, and they'll have a chain so cars can't come into the driveway. He was skateboarding, and he tried to let his skateboard go under the chain and him jump over it and land on his skateboard. But he caught his feet, fell on both his hands, and broke both of his arms. But, like... He had those casts to go all the way up to his shoulders. Oh, yeah. So he couldn't wipe his ass. Oh. And his fucking father had to wipe his ass. Fuck, I tell you what, man. For weeks, his dad <laughs> had to wipe his ass. And then another friend, same school I went to, got in an ATV, you know, one of those yeah. Honda, like, yeah, uh, three wheelers, yeah. got in a crash and broke both his arms. Same thing. Oh, man. So two of my friends both had these, like, Full arm casts up to their shoulders. Like Steve Bashimi in that uh, Chris Rock movie. Yeah. Remember the water slide Bashimi? <laughs> he's, he's in the full cast. I love Bashimi, man. I can't. It's a, it's super lonely. Like I didn't, I'm I'm single and everything, and I and I like being yeah. single. People think ah, oh, it's weird. You're you're 50 and you're single. I, I grew up as an only child. Yeah. And and I. It fucked me in a lot of ways, and it yeah. and it made me great in a lot of ways because uh, I can do shit on my own. And yeah, but when I was laying there in my place, just fucking broken. Yeah, you know, I was like, 
That's and I got really lucky. Yeah. yeah, I got lucky she didn't cut my leg off. If she was up just a hair further, my leg would have been gone. Jeez. You know, because she was doing 70 in a massive automobile. Escalade. But, yeah, an Escalade. Yeah, you really don't notice that your independence and your loneliness until you're sick. Yep. It like, really I'm fine being single. I'm getting to that age now where I'm starting to be like, all right, I've been single for five years. I'm over this now. But yeah. But you really feel it when, like, you get the flu and you're just laying in bed like, oh. Like, yeah. I remember, like, a year ago, it might have been last, the last holiday season, like, last New Year's, I had the flu. I think it was last last year. And I, I had no one to fucking, I mean, any one of my friends would have done shit for yeah. me. You would have. Yeah, yeah. But I just didn't want to call them to, like, can you bring me water? Like, I was just like. So I got up and I, it was like a day into it, and I I went down to Gelson's, which is just like two blocks from my house, and yeah. I fucking passed out and shit my pants in the store. No, yeah, dude, I like uh, I like uh, blacked out and like wow, didn't fill my pants, but enough of it that I was like, <laughs> I didn't even get to go buy the shit. I just like left it on the aisle and went home and was like, <laughs> that is low. I was like, fuck my life, man. This is. Yeah. This is a bummer. I had an incredible... I, I think if I would have gotten that wreck... I've been doing comedy now six years. Mm-hmm. And if I would have gotten that wreck and I wasn't doing comedy, it would have been the worst days of my life. Because all my friends are long married and with kids and long gone. Yeah. But I got a whole new family now from doing comedy. Yep. You know, guys like you, Marin, Burr, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Christie, uh, my buddy Lucas Hurl. Yeah. Uh, all these guys that came over every day with, like, food and and uh, the 101 Cafe. They were sending up so food right. to me. They, they know, you know, they're like, oh, you're fucked. I ate there every day for 11 years, you know. And and it's just, it, it, it really uh, was like, wow, these guys are great people, man. Yeah. You know? Comics really come together when when shit happens, yeah. you know? So you've only been doing stand-up six years? Yeah, exactly six years, uh, December 6th. I, you know, I, I texted you earlier today because I saw your... I had to leave last night, but I stuck around to see your set, and I was laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> it was so good. Every time I see you, dude, you are fucking so much stronger. And the first time I saw you, you were really fucking solid. Oh, man, thanks. And last man. night, it, that was a good show last night, too. Yeah. Really good audience. Really good. Packed. Sold out. Yeah. And, you know, Rogan, Red Band type of uh, Death Squad crowd. They're way into comedy. Yeah. And they really know um, a lot about us from podcasting world because yeah. those people aren't part-timers, the Death Squad crowd. They love podcasts and they love comedy and they yeah. know everything about it. So when you come on, they're fucking fired up, you know? Podcasting has really fucking helped stand up. Oh, like has. as far as getting people to your shows, especially on the road. Like I don't do the road a lot, but I I've noticed, you know, if I'm ever out of town like San Francisco or Portland, people are like, Yeah, hey, I listen to your podcast and that's why I came here and Yeah. It's like holy shit, it's it's amazing. I love it, man. I I went to Toronto about, I don't know, five months ago. Red Band and I, and two sold-out shows, one in a theater and uh, full, you know, just packed of people from the podcast, you know? Did you do the comedy bar? No, we did the weed place, 
And then we did our own show where we did- Oh, the th- place that's in like a basement where everyone's smoking pot? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to do that shit, man. Uh, it's great. I can hook that up. I love it. Toronto. Yeah, it's a great city. I've been there love twice it. this year, last year. And uh, they do. Toronto, you know, amazing thing with podcasts is you can look at your graph and see where people are listening. And Toronto and a lot I of- didn't know that. Oh, Dustin, didn't? I didn't know that. I can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, well, you can see, like, Canada, it goes like this. It goes, like, as far as podcast listeners, it goes, of course, USA, huge. Second is Canada. Third is Australia and, like, uh, yeah. Ireland, you know? Like, uh, Dublin, where they have that big comedy fest and stuff. Oh, yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Edinburgh. Massive, massive listens from those areas. Huh. So you can just go, you know, and, and people know your podcast. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, Howard Kramer and Brody Stevens did a like a mini tour, and Howard was just like, fucking all the shows were packed from yeah. podcast listeners. It's great, man. Mine's starting to really get there, too, you know? Like, uh, I think the most... A lot of people, I love it, they just go, oh, I'm going to do a podcast, and I'm going to... Uh, all of a sudden, I'll have people at the shows and stuff. I mean, I've been doing my four years, and it's yeah. every Monday that thing has to be out. Yeah. You can't miss any days and stuff. <laughs> Unlike me. Yeah, yeah. I, I who did like <laughs> two or three podcasts last year. Well, you gotta you gotta get into it because um, once you get into it, you treat it's like your business. Yeah. Comedy is your business. You know, yeah. stand up, podcasting, uh, shooting sketches. Yeah. Uh, whatever you do, it's. I look at it every day as like, ah, I'm a little burnt today. And then I go, huh, I could be swinging a hammer in the fucking valley. Yeah. You know, I'm not burnt at all. Let's do this. Speaking of which, okay, so you started doing stand-up six years ago. Yep. Before that, you were you were a musician. I mean, you're like fucking serious. Yeah. Ser- like you were in fucking bands in the eight, like rock bands. You yeah. hung out with all those like fucking Guns N' Roses guys. And- all, everyone. What was... I guess we'll start from the beginning. When did you start playing music? My first and where? first band. I grew up in the Bay Area. My first band. Um, we. Uh, I was still a senior in high school, and we were playing the clubs in San Francisco. Senior and uh, junior, I was playing the Stone, the Mabuhe. That's a huge, yeah, uh, famous punk club. And the Stone was a rock club. I was playing those like on weeknights. I remember I go to school the next day and. People would be like, uh, hey, did you see such and such on TV? I'm like, nah, I played the Stone last night. You know, I was yeah. playing rock at an early age. and um, I, Were you know, singing or were you playing an I instrument? I was singing. I, I played guitar, and then this band needed a singer, and uh, I wasn't that good of a guitar player, and the dudes in the band were amazing. Every, everybody back in the 80s could play the shit out of guitar. A bunch of shredders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they weren't shredders, they were just Jimmy Page or Michael Shank or killer dudes, Yeah, you know? So I was never really good at guitar, uh, and I wasn't that good of a singer, of course, because I didn't really? sing. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I was brand new. Yeah. But I started taking lessons, and I started... Um, taking it serious yeah and learned how to sing and then uh and then i became a singer over the years you know yeah um so you know i played music for 25 fucking years man what was your first band what was your first band called first band was called let's see 
They had well, they 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 were called Blitzkrieg, uh-huh. but then they you know they did a, a trademark search and that was taken. Of course. So then they called changed it to Metallurge, like Metallurgy, like the making yeah. of metal, and that was taken. Yeah. So we settled on this band name, AKA, because we always would put on the flyer, also known as you yeah. know, or formerly known as. So we settled for AKA. That's great. Name. And, yeah, and we were straight up. I mean, straight up like a Judas Priest band. But these, it was three brothers and then a buddy of mine and me. And the three brothers were fucking unbelievable. Isn't that weird? There's a lot of like brother bands. Like, yeah. Like there Van is. Halen and Black Crows. And like, there's a lot of bands and like the brothers are just like, fuck it. Yeah. We're, we're just going to start a band. I think they just play as young together, yeah. you know, like at the house. Yeah. And then eventually have a band. But, the guitar player was fucking next level. He, I mean, he was like, wow. And and they had great songs, you know. We wrote some pretty good songs. We sounded a little bit of like Accept, too. We had a song called Take Command. <laughs> I remember the chorus was like, oh, oh take command. <laughs> you oh, know? so rock and roll. Yeah, right, take command, I remember it. And so you were in the Bay Area. I was in the Bay Area, and that, that was my first band, and then... And then, they, you know, I kind of, I was like, they were like metal, and I was starting, GNR starting to hit, and I kind of wanted to play some like, you know, gr- like kind of like Aerosmithy uh, GNR rock. Yeah. So then I had a band called Ghost Town, and they were just straight up, just like- uh, That's a great name. Yeah, just, I mean, bo- <laughs> sex, drugs, rock and roll, booze rock, you know? Yeah. And that went for a while, and then- Ghost Town. <laughs> yeah, Ghost Town. Great name, right? Yeah. Did you I, record? Did you guys record any? Yeah. we uh, Back then, you did these uh, cassette tapes, yep, you know? Yep. Passed them around. Yep. That's what I always say is, um, I think the weed shops are ruining the music business as much as downloading. <laughs> because really. every town has like a, a big drug dealer. Yeah. And he would like have a lot of money and he want to hang with a band. So he, he would turns con- you on to music. No, he wouldn't turn you on. He'd pay for your demos, like, yeah, let's make a wreck. Like oh. he wanted to be like a producer. There's a lot of guys oh, like that. Shit. You know, I got all this money. Let's go in the studio. Next thing you're yeah. in fantasy and like in Berkeley where like, you know, Creedence did records or whatever. Yeah. And you're in a studio that's like five grand a day and you're cutting a fucking killer cassette tape. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was in a band in college and we uh you know, and you go through like the LA Weekly looking for recording studios, and you yeah. don't know shit. And you're just like saving all your money, you and your friends. And then we recorded a, uh, a an album at this place called I think it was called Third Floor Studios yeah. in Riverside, California. And it was just a guy who had a lot of money. He had like a three story house, and he converted the top floor into a music studio. Like it was crazy. Like. The booths that he had made in his house, like he had all the top of the line equipment. And then he recorded us and he made like, you know, uh, like we recorded all these songs. We laid down all these tracks all in like 10 hours in one night. And then um, he just kind of burned them unmixed for a CD for us. He's like, okay, yeah, listen to these. And he's like, we'll mix these later. We never fucking ended up mixing them. All we had was the one CD. Yeah, and you guys so are burning like, them. Drums are super fucking loud, and the vocals are just buried under the bass. And it was what happened? You ran out of money. Yeah, we ran out of money, yeah. and then 
he fucking ran out of money and I think he just fucking <laughs> closed down shop so we never had the masters and I used to go to colleges. Yeah. Your buddies would be in recording schools in San Fran like at uh you know, like uh USF or what you know, like uh-huh. you know, or or, or Berkeley. You know, Berkeley, you know, and, yeah. and, and you know, somewhere in Walnut Creek, wherever these colleges were. The, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, there'd be a guy like, hey man, I'm uh, taking a recording school and we can come in tonight at like midnight to 4 a.m. And he'd go yeah. in there and record in this college and no one knew what they were doing. Yep. It would take hours oh, just God. to get a fucking sound. Yeah, just to get everything mic'd. Totally. Uh, Eventually. Oh, like, <laughs> later on. <laughs> we're both dying in yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later on though, you know, I got I got way into recording, recorded in some amazing studios and um you know, made a made a record, um made a couple records. Yeah. And uh and then you know, I just played music 25 years and then it just kind of like you What know, was your big band? What was the band that you like felt like, okay, I'm It was now just I'm called doing... Dean Del Rey. It had, oh, it was. Yeah, and okay. I had a. Uh, the record was called Lone Mountain Serenade. Yeah, it said the 101 in the in the jukebox. It is. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Fucking no way. Yeah, it was. Um, I did a lot of great shows. I worked my ass off in that band. What happened was once I, I, I got to a point where I felt like I didn't play guitar anymore, and I was like, you know what, I need to, I need to do my own thing. So I took a year off and learned guitar. I got a, a wow. video, learn guitar in the VCR. No shit. Yeah, and I played every day, eight hours a day. I got, I rented a rehearsal studio. And I just sat in there, and while I was learning the guitar, I really started writing a lot of songs and uh, made a record, you know? And yeah. it came out on Maud Lang Records, which was an incredible indie label in yeah. uh, Berkeley. And, um, you know, and then just started playing, like, everywhere, every night. Did you tour with people? I did, yeah. I toured with the Wallflowers 10 months. That was incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, also opened for big big bands like uh, Petty, you know. No shit. Yeah. Black Crows Lenny Kravitz at the Shoreline. They had like a, a badass side stage, uh, Levi side stage. I'd yeah. play a lot of those. Huge, huge gigs, you know. That's amazing. And I played the Fillmore a lot. I headlined the Fillmore. Had my record Fuck. release there. That's amazing. But you know, you reach a you reach a, a ceiling, you know. Mm-hmm. You hit the ceiling and you're just kind of like there was I was making a living by selling CDs. Yeah. At the gigs and gigging. Back then, man, you could do a gig like you play like Santa Barbara and make like 1500 bucks one night. Jesus, you really? You know, and then sell some CDs and cruise with like 2 grand and Yeah, yeah cuz you would do like door deals everywhere and people would just go to shows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, did you ever live in L.A. or were you doing all this from the Bay? I was doing all from the Bay. I, lived, I moved to L.A. once for two weeks, and I was like, yeah, this it. is in the 80s. Yeah. And it was just, I remember that I moved in with a couple friends off of Sunset behind Guitar Center, and it was just dirty down there. That's where there. I but, lived, yeah. Yeah. I lived right behind Spago. Mm. Like, right behind But Tower. that was good, though. That was At least that was kind of good. It was all right. Compared to uh, behind Guitar Center. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just kind of like, you know, drug dealers and... Rock and, and roll Ralphs. Yeah, and the Denny's, rock and roll Denny's. <laughs> so dirty. So yeah, dirty. that was back when, you know, I moved to LA in like 95 and I was playing in bands and uh, 
it was a lot fucking darker then. Like that whole, you, do you remember the Yucca Corridor? Of course. Like there was a a band. There was a small bar on Yucca near Coenga called Hell's Gate. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, which was really cool. They had all these. It was just, a punk club, right? Yeah, and they yeah. had this little black skulls were just all glued to the wall and everything. It was a really cool, cool bar. And then it, it changed names a million times. I think it was called Goldfingers. Oh, Goldfinger. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we played all those places. Yeah, I played them all too, man. It's just like, I mean, you know, I, I don't regret playing music at all because my entire life now is because of music. Yeah. My podcast. Yeah, let there be talk. Yeah, my comedy is is all geared around the years of me being on the road and and the people I know and the stories I have. Yeah, and uh, all of that I wouldn't trade it for a fucking thing. You know, um, I loved every minute of it, but I was also wise enough to go like, you know, I was like forty four, and I was like, ah, you know, I I, I got to do something else. What made you land on comedy? You know, man, it's I, I wanted to do comedy since I was a kid. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I was way into Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Carlin. Yep, me too. Uh, Richard Pryor, all that. But yeah. there was no kids doing comedy when I was young. Yeah, same here. <clears throat> but kids played rock. Yeah. But no kids were doing comedy. And to me, those people, when I look at it now, they weren't that old. But when you're young, like, say, 12, 13, you think they're, like, 40. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. they're, like, 25. Yeah. But there was no 15, 16-year-olds doing comedy. I... Every town, anywhere, whatever town you're from, has, like, a music store. Yep. And I don't mean just, like, Tower Records or no, whatever. No. I mean, like, where you can Guitar. buy guitars yeah. or, like, take lessons and so it's really easy to start bands when you're young. But, like, I was the same way. I, The first album I bought, I was, like, 11 years old, and I bought George Carlin, A Place for My Stuff. Like, all my friends were starting to buy music. Yeah. And I was just buying comedy albums because of shit I would hear on Dr. Demento. Yeah, I love Dr. Demento. And I wanted to do stand-up comedy. But at 11 years old, I was like... I think you got to go to school for that. I was like, I don't know how to do that. My dad was a doctor and like everyone in my family was like in business or like they weren't involved in the arts at all. Yeah. So to me, it was just really foreign. I remember I really, really wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I was a kid. I'm going to be 50 next month. Yeah. And I remember the first season like it was yesterday. Uh I was so into John Belushi. And 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 Bill Murray, you know, I want uh, Bill Murray and Caddyshack later. Yeah. But really, the first season of um, the first and second season of Saturday Night Live, and then Caddyshack, really made me want to be funny. Yeah. And I used to uh, do. I could do Bill Murray and Caddyshack. I do them in school. Yeah. I can impersonate my metal shop teacher, you know, yeah. Mr. Edwards. I would do it all the time. He'd get mad. Yeah. And I'd do it around the lockers. And also, I could roast kids at the lockers, too. I was, you know, like we'd call it capping. Yeah. And, you know, capping. And you on don't realize that at a young age that that's how that's the skills. stand up starts. That's how yeah. writing jokes starts. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, do it. You're going to school for it and you don't even realize it. I was around during the first wave of comedy, the big wave of the 80s. Uh, my mom would listen to, um, you know, Camille, 
and it had that morning zoo show. It was like, um, it was Carrie Snow, uh, Bobby Slayton, and all those guys. Pitbull of comedy. Pitbull of comedy. And then, uh, so comedy was always in my life. I loved it. And then the next wave was really uh, seeing Bobcat. Oh, yeah. I, I never forgot it because uh, Sam Fran was huge for comedy. They had this comedy festival uh, yeah. that was massive. And if you won that, you were a king. Like, I remember one year this guy Tree won. And he was like a, a really tall black guy. And he was so fucking funny. Yeah. And he killed. And, and that thing had a lot of prestige back then. And you would win and you could go on, on, you know, like Carson and stuff. Yeah. And I really love Johnny Carson, Jonathan Winters. I yeah. mean, all that early comedy I worship. But it was really Bobcat, and then it became Sam Kennison yeah. and Dice yeah. in the 80s. That really opened my eyes of like, well, this is kind of rock and roll. These guys wear leather jackets. They, yeah. they, they pref- do drugs. They or- do drugs, and they're radical. Yeah. And then, of course, Eddie Murphy, you know? Yep. And then after Eddie Murphy, I'm completely engorged in music. For a good 20 years. I don't even pay attention to comedy. I'm completely out. Yeah. And in 06, uh, I, I I met a guy when I first moved here named Jay Davis. Oh, yeah. And he was working at this uh, the whiskey bar at the Sunset Marquee. Yep. I was doing overdubs for my record in the studio below. There's a recording studio there, Black Crows. Everybody recorded there back in the day. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I, I do a comedy show, man. You ought to come, man. Yeah, you ought to come. And this is, uh, he had Dublin's. I went to that once. Oh, Dublin's. Yeah, early on. But this was later on in 06. He had a show, Life of the Party, at the uh, Hall- at the Laugh Factory. Yeah. I remember I went one night, and this guy was on, and he blew my fucking mind. And I knew right there, I go, man, I want to do comedy. But it took me years to do it. Yeah. But it was Louis C.K. Oh, shit. And I absolutely fell in love with Louie. And then uh, he was living in town at the time, shooting Lucky Louie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had that joke, Awesome Possum, the shirt. Yes. And, and and the way he got to it, he I never seen a callback where he started with the shirt, then he went into three, four stories, and then he ends with the shirt. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck is that guy? And I seeked him out, and, and uh, he made me want to do comedy. Big time. But I didn't start till I did a movie with Ice Cube. I was right. doing a movie with Ice Cube in Shreveport that I got totally by <laughs> luck. What did you do with Ice Cube? Dude, I did a football movie called The Long Shots. It's a true story about the first girl ever to do play a Pop Warner football. Right. She's a quarterback, takes her team to the state championship. Yeah. I land this role in this film. Did you play a biker? No, no, I play a I play a guy who owns a pawn shop that, <laughs> that gives him money for uh, sure. for uniforms. Sure, okay. it's kind of bad news bears feel good film. So if I go rent, long, uh, what's it called? Long the shot? long shots. I I could see you in it. Oh God, yeah. Oh my God, I gotta yeah, watch well, this. Yeah, yeah. And I had like uh, it was funny because I worshipped Cube growing up. Shit, I yeah. loved NWA. So you know, first day on the set, I'm thinking like. 
oh, fuck, man, this is Cube is going to be gangster and, you know, drink 40s and smoke, you know, blunts. You know, I'm just thinking. He's a family man at this yeah, point. He just cruised up in a golf cart. He's all, what's up, man? And I was like, oh, shit, that's Cube. And I had first scene was with Cube. And my, I had like a pawn shop and he comes in and we're talking. I'm like, wow, man. Were you nervous? I was nervous, man, because. Uh, was but, this your first acting gig? No, my first one was that Tarantino Hell Ride. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew about that. You told me about that. Yeah, I did that one. Uh, By the way, all movies I did, no one's seen. So (laughs) just giving you guys a heads up out there. (laughs) But anyway, here's how I got to comedy. Long story. I'm fucking winding it. But I was sitting in the stands, and in the movie is Garrett Morris. Now Mm. I'm losing my mind. That's the guy that I fucking started watching first season. Ant-Man. You know, yeah. I carry a thousand weight, a thousand times my weight. You remember yeah. that one, the superheroes? Baseball been very, very good to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the one where I said he came. Yes, <laughs> the, yes. And so Garrett Morris, and then another comedian, um, uh, Earthquake is in the movie. Yep. And I said, hey, man, uh, what do you do? Because our scenes are in the bleachers, you know, doing stuff like, Sitting looks around. like he got it in the nuts, you yeah. know, that thing. Yeah. yeah, just throwing stuff. Two months were out there shooting this movie in Shreveport. Fuck. I started talking to him. He's like, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I never heard of you. I'm thinking, you know, I, I go to comedy all the time at the Laugh Factory, you know? So you might want to check it out. <laughs> I investigate. This guy's huge. Yeah. And... Uh, He's blowing me off for a few weeks, you know, and then after a while he tells me like, all right, here's what you got to do. You got to go to open mics and you got to do this and that. Hit me up if you ever do it. I got a show at the Comedy Union. So I got home and I hit the open mics and I never stopped. Wow. I went every day. I went 365 days straight. No, never missed a day. Uh, I've done almost 3,000 shows now in the six years. I don't miss That's any- got to be more than I've done in 20 <laughs> fucking years. I'm addicted to it, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Good. I absolutely felt like I played music all my life, and it, and I, I wrote some good songs I like. Yeah. And But it was always a lot of work, and you got other band guys, and you got to get a rehearsal, and you got to sound check, and you got to get in a van and carry gear. This was something where I could take all my energy and my drive and there's no one else around. Mm-hmm. So it's like me, let's do this, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then once I got on stage, I was just t- completely addicted yeah. to the comedy world. And I and I would I used to fuck around in between songs, like clowning people in the crowd and stuff. Yeah. You know? I remember I mean you did Brendan Small and I do a show called Baked, a music and and stand-up show where we have a comedian we have a couple comedians come on do a set and then they do a song with our amazing band our backing band and um we'd been doing it for like six months or something and then you know we're starting to look for people to do it we're like well we got to find people who are musical too and uh i forget who who it was it might have been Sam who was booking our shows at the time. She was like, "Oh, you should get Dean Delray to do it. He's he was a musician and he's really funny." And I remember I had seen you at the the Virgil. Oh yeah, I think that's the, like the first time I had met you too. But we didn't even I think say five words to each other. I was like, "Hey, how are you?" And you're very funny. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, he's funny." I go, "He was in bands," and she's like, "Yeah." I go, "Okay." So she put you in touch with us and. 
you know, like a couple of weeks beforehand, we're like, yeah, let us know what song you want to do, and we'll. And so you, it was Let There Be Rock. Yeah. Like, I want to do Let There Be Rock AC/DC. by ACDC. We're like, all right. And we've had enough people do the show that we're like, it's going to be someone screaming their way through a song, and it's going to be <laughs> funny. Yeah. But it's not going to be great, but it's going to be funny, which is usually what what we hope for, which is great because <clears throat> it's mainly a comedy show. But So we do a, a rehearsal the day before. And so you show up, and none of us really knew you, and – and you hadn't gotten there yet, and we're all setting up, and Joe setting up his drums. He's like, what song is this guy doing? We're like, Let There Be Rock, and everyone's kind of rolling in their eyes. We're like, all right. And um, and then you came in, and, uh, and you were very nice, and then I think you had given us some directions for the song, too, so everyone's like, oh, Jesus, this guy's <laughs> like a prima donna. And then we started the fucking song, and you hadn't even sung two bars, and we were all looking at each other like, holy fucking shit. Dude, you sound exactly like Bon Scott. You sounded like after you left, we were like, if the guys in ACDC had known this guy existed, this would be the singer for ACDC. Like, we're like, he sounds exactly like fucking Bon Scott. (laughs) And uh, you fucking blew the doors off the place at at, um, at the baked potato, and I was just like, "Yep, this guy is fucking legit, man." Yeah, that was that was so much fun for me because I had pushed down singing. Yeah. For the six five years of doing comedy at that time. Yep. And it's just like it. It really had been years since I had sang. You know. Yeah. It was like people always go like man, you just gave it up like that and you don't have any instruments or anything? I'm like, hey, man, have you done anything 25 years? <laughs> yeah. Let me know when you have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I really had pushed it down and I had really kept focus strictly on comedy and I didn't want to be the rock and roll comic or the biker comic. Right. I knew right away that was going to be bullshit. Box yourself in to some dumb name or, you know, Biker Dean or, you know, Delray comedy, you know, yeah. rocker comic. Yeah. So I really didn't talk about it a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was funny because when I went into that room, I realized how much I love playing music. Yeah. But only in a good way. Yeah. Because over the years, all the bullshit sucks. But when you can walk in and just play with some- For fun. For fun- and and we're all laughing and having yeah. a great time and i'm doing comedy yeah it's just so much fucking so it, it was a epic night for me and guitar player wrote us up guitar player oh, yeah, magazine yeah. yeah i played music 25 years i was never in guitar player <laughs> magazine here i am now doing comedy yeah. and i'm fucking in guitar player magazine yeah. man that's like a How big deal surreal is that it was so so and the and the review they wrote was incredible they were great yeah this is also just a really exciting time in the you know in the 80s and 90s it was just comedy clubs and straight up stand up shows. Yeah. Now there's just all these shows that are like fucking great. Alternative, you know, they it's like comedy with a twist like, you know, our show where it's stand up and music, yeah. you know, the goddamn comedy jam. Yeah. which is stand up and music. Greg Barrett has a show called Bring the Rock. So there's shows where you can do that kind of shit. Yeah. I really like it. I think 
I think it's funny because I I feel so much like I should be in the alt comedy world, but I just get like a block from it because I think they're just so small minded. They're like, oh, he's a rocker, you know. Yeah. It's weird because I love the creativeness of the alt comedy world of uh, outside the box shit. You know what I mean? I've done yeah. all kinds of stuff, and I've I've been all over, and I love different stuff. Yeah. I'm not just some, like, hey, here I am, the comet. You know what I mean? And I think people <laughs> get small-minded. So I think that's why I get really excited when I got to do your guys' show yeah. because it's some different guys, and, and it just felt so, like, artistic and fun. You know, we're doing yeah. comedy, then I'm telling a story about music, and then we're, yeah. we're sing, singing a song. It's a good format. And it, it really is. Yeah, and it's – and our band is just crazy. Oh. Joe Travers, oh. who – It was know. so funny because Mike Keneally's in the band – and we knew each other 25 years ago, and we didn't yeah. even notice as we were, no, until the second time I did the show, I was like, dude, we hung out when you played with Dweezil. Yeah, Mike's one of the greatest musicians I've ever oh, played with. Guy's he fucking excellent. scored with Zappa and he Dweezil did, Zappa. He did my podcast and told me how he got into Zappa. It's a mind-boggling story. Yeah. You he's, know? He's so fucking good. I saw a video. There's a YouTube video. Because Brendan, who co-hosts that show with me, and also uh, created Metalocalypse, yeah. is like a really amazing guitar player. And so Brendan, there was a uh, there was a benefit show at the Wiltern, and it was it was uh, Satriani and oh, just a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, Satriani, Brendan, um, fuck, I'm forgetting who there, but there were like five guys. Five guitar like shredders on yeah. this benefit, and then he had his backing band, uh, which Mike Keneally was part of. But Mike was playing keyboards yeah. and had his guitar with him. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the show, they all came out, and I think it was right when BB King had died. Like he died just a few days before, and so they all came out, and they d I think they did the Thrill Is Gone. Yeah. And like so, it's like all these huge guitar players that everybody knows, you know fucking taking turns doing solos and the crowd's going crazy and then it just goes to Keneally who they give a keyboard and guitar solo and he's soloing keyboards and guitar at the same time like he has total independence with both hands like yeah. he's he's got songs I've seen him at the baked potato do some of his own music where he's playing like really int intricate leads on his keyboard and his guitar at the yeah. same time and they're and they're totally independent of each other. They're not similar yeah. at all. And it's fu And he, Mike, did this and got the biggest fucking applause of anyone on that song. And it, I was like, yes, that's yeah. fucking sick. Pe people love him, and they also love anything Zappa. I've had a lot of the Zappa guys on. I had Dweezil on. Yeah. I had Scott Tunis, who was the bass player yep. in Zappa's band. And then I had Keneally on. And... Uh, you know, it's a full-blown Zappa. Like the Zappa is really cool to me, in the way of like the Dead is. Yeah. The people that like Zappa and the Dead love music. Yeah. And they can talk music and 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 just engulf themselves in it, man. Like mm -hmm. millions of bootlegs it's and nuts. It is nuts. And Joe, our drummer, is the vault master. It's for unbelievable. Zappa. Joe's job, Joe's day job, is to go through. They have a vault full of recordings because Zappa 
recorded everything he did. If he was just fucking around yeah. with friends at his house. Telephone calls, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he recorded it. And so there's thousands. And Joe's job every day is to just go into this vault and listen and figure out who's playing, yeah. what they're playing. And he has to digitize it and enter it into a database. And he's, I was like, how long have you been doing this? He's like, I've been doing this for like 15, 20 years. I know. I go, how much longer? He goes, I can do this till I'm dead. And now they're starting to release it. Yeah. You know, they just uh, signed some deal or whatever, and it's starting to come out, and it's going to be on vinyl again and shit. But that stuff, people don't know, but uh, I've been wanting to have Joe on because I talked to Dweezil about what you do. What people don't know is when you record a record back in the day, you record it on two-inch tape. Uh Uh-huh. That tape starts to stick together over the years. Mm -hmm. So constantly, you have to do what they call bake the tapes. And they put them in these ovens, and they bake them. To separate the... Separate it. Then they put them onto the two-inch players, and they record what's onto that onto new tape. Because the tape starts to deteriorate and lose fucking pieces on the tape. So it's a nonstop fucking job. And stressful. Oh, one You're responsible for shit that was recorded 30, 40 years ago. Full-blown art. And you don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, man. That shit is so tedious, man. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, I was just talking to a band on my podcast where they said, like, you know, like Sony and Geffen and and Warner Brothers, all them, they have millions and millions of two-inch tape in warehouses. Yeah. And some of these have disappeared and disintegrated and shit, like a Miles Davis record, just gone, you know? Oh, my God. It's just crazy shit, man. Uh, I I would be an asshole if I also didn't mention our bass player, Pete Griffin, who also, also toured with Zappa Plays Zappa and is... Fucking all those guys are yeah. fucking crazy, like legit insane musicians. When does this episode come out? Probably next week. Oh, good. So I can talk about. Uh, I'm doing a yes, a, please. A, your birthday show. Yeah. So I just uh, I'm I'm announcing it tomorrow. Okay, so, perfect. But here it'll be you know whatever. last week. Yeah. So for ten solid years, I did a tribute to Bon Scott. It was called the Church of Bon Scott. And we'd do it in San Francisco at the Stone, and later when the Stone closed, we did it at the bottom of the hill, which is one of my favorite- uh, I love that club. Unbelievable. Love it. And uh, what it is, is Bon Scott died in February. I was born in February. Me too. When's your birthday? Third. 26th. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. why we get along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you Aquarius still? No, I'm Pisces. Pisces yeah. yeah, my mom's Pisces. Yeah. So I get along great with Pisces. That's mm-hmm. what, what's weird. I think because they're a little mellower uh, Aquarius. Yes, yes. Uh, so <laughs> we did it for 10 years, and I was always on my birthday, and I would get huge star musicians in the Bay Area, and we would put together the super band and do ACDC, a record every year. And oh my God. In its entirety. In its entirety. Oh, my God, dude. A Bon Scott era. Only Bon Scott, because it's Bon Scott's uh, tribute to Bon Scott. And I got that tattoo, remember? I got Bon on my uh, side. You are so lucky when you crashed know, on you your motorcycle. On that side. Because that accident wiped out. Did it wipe out tattoos? Oh, yeah. Oh, it peeled off the top. Look at this. It's gone. The yeah. snake's gone. Bond's, Bond's still sitting proud oh, on your ribcage. Yeah. He rolled down the highway to hell again. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy joke. Um, 
So what we're going to do is February 2nd at the El Rey. I'm going to be 50 years old. I'm putting together a comedy show first. It's going to be Bill You Burke. told me this last night, and I was like, because I'm supposed to be in Austin, and I, I seriously might fly back. you got to come for back this, for this. Because it's bonkers. you, you got to come back. So it's going to be Bill Burr, mm -hmm. Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. Dalia, me, and Red Band mm -hmm. are going to do sets. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the comedy will end. That'll be an hour of comedy. And then it's going to be a full-blown tribute to Bomb. We're doing the Highway to Hell record. And it's going to be all kinds of celebrities playing. Burr's going to play drums. Now, Burr is a great drummer. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, so Burr's going to play drums on a couple songs. We got... Uh, we got Dave from Velvet Revolver playing. Uh, Rudy Sarzo from Ozzy's. Rudy's fucking era. good. Yeah. I was at a friend's house, uh, my friend Tracy Katsky, yeah. and um, she'd started playing bass. She took it up as a hobby like a couple years ago. And I don't know how she met all these people, but I was at her, in her backyard. She has uh, like a house where, like a back house where she's got drums and stuff set up. And I would go over and we'd jam. Yeah. And I remember one day she's like, oh, I called my friend Rudy. He might come over and, and jam with us. I was like, cool. And fucking Rudy Sarzo comes in. <laughs> and I was like fucking tinkering on the guitar. Yeah. And I was a bass player. I went to yeah. school for bass. And I was like, oh, boy. He was so fucking <laughs> guy good. guy played with Randy Rhodes. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. <laughs> you know? So we got him and... Um... And then the dudes that I did the, the Church of Bon Scott with, uh, which is Ronnie Crawford, who played with Lisa Loeb for years, which is funny because you go, Lisa Loeb, you know. That's she dated just, Dweezil. That's right. But you She know, knows you, all those guys in our band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She came to our gig at yeah. the bank. Uh -huh. mm. But he is an incredible drummer. Then we have this guy, Josh Z, who was signed to a band called Protein uh, to Sony Records. And he is the most unbelievable Angus Young of all time and nice. one of the best guitar players I've ever seen. Wow. And then a guy, Billy Rowe, who played in the band Jet Boy, uh -huh. who was signed to Electra Records. And that's the core band. And then we're just, we're going to uh, weed in <laughs> incredible celebrities. I can't tell who yet. Holy but shit. But there's some big dudes that are going to play. Uh. Uh, and then, of course, Rudy's going to play bass and Bosco from Ozzy. It's going to play some bass, and it's it's wow. it's going to be insane. Holy shit. And yeah, that's the second at the L Ray. At, at the L Ray, yeah. Are tickets going on sale? Yeah, uh, they go, they'll go. they be on sale by the time this hits. They go on sale tomorrow. I highly recommend it. I, I highly rec recommend it, A, for seeing all those comedians, but also you have to hear Dean fucking sing Bon Scott. It is fucking... <laughs> Do you have any recordings of you singing I, that I could tack on to the end of this podcast like even just like i do 30 seconds oh i do yeah yeah i do i'll i'll dropbox them to you i got a whole concert can, we did can i send those to you dustin and just like 30 seconds yeah, of yeah, you yeah. singing bon scott right, i'll give it to you i got a concert we did at the bottom of the hill that oh, right. uh it's is fucking mind-blowing i love it man you know it's funny because i also can sing ozzy i did ozzy last year at the nam show for the uh Randy Rhodes uh, remembered. It was like a huge tribute. Are you for... going to Nam this year? Yeah, yeah, I am too. Oh yeah, what day? I don't know. I'm getting a pass. Though, Let's go so... Thursday. All right. Yeah, Burr's go gonna go. Yeah, I'll we'll go, go together. But uh, Ozzy and, and Bon are kind of in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, because it's like, remember I did. I don't know with you guys. Yes. So it's like people look to me and say, you know, it's like yeah. that. 
Yeah. And then Bond is like, in the beginning, back in 1965, you know? <laughs> what is this fucking Bond Scott? It's crazy. It's kind of the same wheelhouse. Yeah. You just throw a little same Mark range, Reese, yeah. uh, like an accent, you know, on Bond, you know? It's it's uh, it's fun to do. But there's guys that are hard to do, like Robert Plant. I I can't really do Robert Plant because it's uh, it's just different. You know, well, you do them in your own voice. Yeah, which right. Is still right. great. Yeah, I could do them in uh, that way, but it's just like, but Bon or 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 Ozzy, I could do pretty much straight up. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope even if if I can't make it, which I'm going to try, you I gotta, hope you record it. You gotta come, man. Screw Austin for an extra couple days. <laughs> I, I I'll probably be back. You gotta come, man. You gotta come. It's going to be all kinds of great guys up there. I, I got to get a hold of Keneally and have him play. You should. Yep, I will. I'll get Keneally. Because oh. Scott's going to play. Tunis. Oh, is he really? Yeah. That's great. So if we have Scott and Keneally play, it'll be insane. In the membrane. Okay, so we're at an hour. I want to just... Uh, so you, we've plugged that. Your, yep. sh- your show, your birthday show at the... Uh, do, are you giving it a name? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Del Rey at the El Rey. Fiftieth <laughs> birthday. I hope you make T-shirts for that. <coughs> We're making a poster right Del now. Delray at the El Rey. Delray at great. the El Rey. Uh, and you have a podcast, Dean Delray. Let there be talk. iTunes. Is that uh, that's part of All Things Comedy? Yep. Yeah, All Things Comedy or iTunes or SoundCloud, anything. I highly recommend it. Dean's get some great fucking musical guests on that. Dude, I'm so glad uh, that I met you through Baked. Like I, yeah. I love hanging out with you. You know I, I mean? do too, man. And I like, I really had to rush out of the comedy store last night. And I was like, I got to see Dean do his set. And I was like, fucking dying. Your first joke about having a sore throat. <laughs> I just wrote that. I was fucking choking. I was coughing so hard. I, I heard was you laugh. I looked over and uh, it was a sold out room. And I still heard you. I was like, I love, I love when your friends laugh. The comedians you can totally hear him. Yeah. And do you have a you have a website? Yeah. Uh, yeah. DeanDelRay.com. So I would check that for his uh, you know upcoming shows or yeah. his Twitter at DeanDelRay. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, I'm, Instagram app DeanDelRay, and uh, and the podcast. It's it's two hundred and twenty three episodes now. That's fucking crazy. How long you been at four, four, four years? Four years. Yeah. I've been podcasting for about four years, and I think I've got like thirty episodes. I gotta get you. I'm a fucking idiot. I've done your you podcast. No, I'm saying I gotta pound you, get you your ass moving. Well, I've done three this week, okay. so it's like I'm back. You know, last year was a horrible year for me, so I'm like back now, and yeah. hopefully things will. Uh, Get a fucking fire lit under me. You're yeah, very man. inspirational. Uh, so What's thanks, the name of your podcast? Uh, Steve A G uh uh U H H H. It's yeah. because when I started it, I I and I listen to myself. I still do it. I'm like, um, especially when I record my intros. Yeah. When I'm just sitting there at my computer by myself, staring at a blank wall. Um. So uh, uh, I got Dean Del Rey on. And it fucking is embarrassing to me, but it's just how I talk. Oh, man, I listened to the first year of my podcast, and the guy would be talking, and I was insecure thinking that he didn't think I was listening. So the whole podcast, I'd go, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the scariest part for me is when I have people on my podcast that I don't know really well. Because then I'm like, oh, God, don't. Don't fucking fade out and and not pay attention and miss something and 
Um, yeah. What yeah, are yeah. you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh-huh. It's so weird. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you're just staring at them going, uh-huh, and not hearing a word. Uh-huh. It's so fucking bizarre. Sometimes you'll get a guest and you're like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and you have to fucking just command the whole hour. Not like, me. I, I I really I don't think I'll ever book someone that I don't know or, or like. Well, it's just by you know you don't you might know a guy. Yeah. And then they show and they're a great person, but maybe the you're inter- like wow I don't you have know to, how to talk. To you have this to person. dig out of them like yeah but they, like what yeah. else do you do you know like you got a hobby you know what a, you know <laughs> it's hard. Uh, all right. So thank you so much for doing this. I, it's been way too long for me to even ask you. Like, I, I was like, you should have done this like a year ago. Uh, but I wasn't really podcasting <laughs> last year. Well, this is better timing anyway. Yeah. So uh, you've got all the info. Please follow Dean. And um, he's very funny. And uh, hopefully, I think we're going to be going out right now with a little uh, Dean doing. Uh, oh, I'll bon- get that to you right away. Bon Scott. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, and thanks, Dean. Thank you. Bye.
Ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and Scissor. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. 
Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.